Hi, and welcome to the 348th episode of the MWA podcast. I'm Kyle, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean. Hey there. And Mark. Hello. And today we're asking Neil Brown the five questions. So welcome back to the show, Neil. Thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome. It's like you never left. (laughs) (laughs) So um, first up, so how did you get into woodworking? Uh, My dad, actually, like a lot of... A lot of guests on the show. My dad was a hobbyist woodworker. Oh, cool! My whole life, he was a uh, he was an RCMP. He was a police officer, but uh, a hobbyist woodworker as well. Kind of more of the Bob Vila, Norm Abram mm-hmm. home improvement. But that's all there was back then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he was he was big into those. So he's been a huge influence along the way. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into it. As I've I've seen him as a woodworker my entire life. Okay. Still is so. Yeah, very cool. It's it's yeah. not too dissimilar from my dad. Definitely the Saturday mornings here, you know, was the Norm show and and this old house and and that yeah. was Staples. And it went right exactly. into Car Week. You know, I remember Car Week. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, my dad did everything from I mean, painting the house, sure, but he also installed HVAC. He rebuilt the garage. He did all this other stuff as a traded you know trade electrician. You know, you know, yep. he was like total DIY everything, and so yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely fed off that. What do you? What was the first project you remember like finishing uh, with your dad? With my dad, um, what have we made together? Uh, a wine bottle carrier. Um, that was that was only a few years ago. I'm trying to think of the first thing that I helped with. Yeah, probably something like that. I was always mm-hmm. helping along the way. But uh, now, yeah. now, now, did he have the uh, red jacket and the khaki, <laughs> khaki yeah, hat? He's a Mountie. He was a Mountie. Yeah. yeah, he was an RCMP member, and they, that's the that's the, <laughs> the red the red uh, jacket yeah. and the, the hat and the whole deal. That's yeah. funny. I, the, I heard the MP yeah. and I thought military police and a, no, <laughs> Mountie. No, police. No, no, Mountie. He, was, he was in the UN as well, but uh, yeah. yeah. So so did he? Yeah, it's Royal so Canadian he, Mounted Police is what the okay. yeah, stands for. That's awesome. Yeah. So did yeah. he ride a horse and save damsels in distress? He did not ride a horse. No. Oh, was, darn it. They used to be. They used to ride horses, but yeah. What are their mounts it's, now? Uh, I don't know what they drive. Uh, Ford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Domestic motors. Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. They ride Detroit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. What is your uh, What is your favorite tool? Uh my workbench counts as a tool. Yes, yes. it's the first yes. and most important tool of the shop. Yeah. Exactly. We're talking to a workbench builder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, well, I Rubo says so. so. Rubo says so. Yeah. I use that one with every project, and uh, including like my holdfasts and all the vices that go with it. I couldn't do anything I do without it. So, yeah, I would definitely say my workbench. Did, have to now, did you make your own? I did. Yeah, I made it out of reclaimed lumber from a. The, the top is five inch thick uh, Douglas fir. I got from a uh, an old synagogue that got dismantled. Holy a friend of mine. Crap. Yeah, he was holding <laughs> on to it for a bunch of years. His dad was holding on to it and they asked me if I was interested. And yep, it was full 12 inch, two inch thick, old, old growth Douglas fir, like tight, tight, tight grain. So that's what I used for the top. And just again, I found some reclaimed lumber for the, the thick. I think they're four by six legs. Mm. Is it uh, Rubo nice, style? Nice heavy bench. Uh, yeah, kind of a, uh, what's like a Holtzapple or... Uh, oh, 
Yeah, hot apples. Hot, hot apples. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Traditional German style. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a sliding dead man and uh, mm-hmm. my 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 face vice or my my front vice is a Veritas twin uh, twin screw okay. and on the end is just a uh, uh, cast iron basically front vice that I use as an end vice. And just uh, line with dog holes. Yeah. The yeah. okay. dog holes along the front and then uh, Veritas has a screw uh it goes in your dog hole and it screws forward, kind of acts like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I got one of those. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Dog or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, something like that. Dog. It works yep. so well. Uh, it really does. I've got yeah, one. It really does. You know, I'm so, I'm looking at your bench. I'm gonna call that a Rubo. Oh, with a okay, with a tw- with a parallel vice. Uh, that that you know everything is um, flush at the front. Yep. Yeah. You, know, you got coplanar front, and you got a yep. you know big uh, machinist vice for a tail vice and a. Yep. Twin screw instead of a leg vice. Sweet. Yeah. I'm rocking a Rubo. And then I yeah, you're Rubo. That's a Rubo. Nice. Without the leg vice. I mean, it basically, well, does Rubo mean like thick top, robust legs? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to mean a leg vice, you know, because yeah, they had you the need a crochet before then. Yeah, yeah okay. the, they didn't have leg vices initially. Yeah, they had the crochet oh. and, and then mm-hmm. dogs. Uh, but yeah, that that's a Rubo with a, with a parallel jaw vice on the, on the left end. There you go. I'm going to give you credit for Rubo on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, you're yeah, looking for validation, but... <laughs> yes, yes. We, 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 we don't need to call it a Rubo. We can call it a Neil. It's, it's a sure. Neil. Well, I, you know, <laughs> it, the, the man's company is named Plate 11, so he knows Rubo when he sees one. Yeah, so, think? Well, yes. you know, it's a Rubo at heart. It's, it's got some, <laughs> it's got some can, French, you know, history, Canadian yeah. modifications. It's the, the the bench of Sisyphus. If it looks like, yes. but is not parts of the original, is it still? Yeah. Now you mentioned something. Uh, so, do you have a Lee Valley store near you? I do. It's very. Oh. It's, it's conveniently. It's fifteen minutes away. Uh, so, oh, yeah. you suck more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can't. Not only if you only been woodworking for four years, but mm, you got to yeah. leave Valley within fifteen minutes. That's yeah. It's not it's fair. Very, it's deadly close. <laughs> how close it is. Too mm-hmm. convenient most of the time. Uh, yeah, getting Lee Nielsen stuff up here is super expensive, but uh, yeah. Veritas is just around the corner essentially. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that's handy. That it is handy. handy. Yeah. It's, Someday I'm going to visit the Great White North and actually walk into one of those stores. But anyway, they are cool. fun. Yeah. Do they do they have every item in the store, like in the back? Uh, for the most part, wow. um, they've got everything out front. Stocking, touch, feel, have a look at, and mm-hmm. uh, they got little bench set up where you can test out some of the planes. Or yeah, it's a it's a fun interactive store for sure. From what I've understood, like the the times that they come to shows, when you see Lee Valley, mm-hmm. that that's their store, except with stock in the back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much. It yeah. is. It, it's hands on. Their catalog is robust. I mean, if you've ever gotten one of their print catalogs, it's like holy crap! They've got everything, you know, and you can really kind of find it. I think in each one of their their locations, at least in Canada. Having never been there, I don't know if I'm speaking the truth, but it's uh, you've heard. And yeah. for sure, yeah, I've heard. So well, maybe it's best they don't have one in the states. I think they used to have <laughs> one, or maybe they have one up, you know, New York or somewhere. But um, yeah, could be expensive proposition to walk into that place. We need to yeah, find a way because really, I mean, I love Lee Valley, and I take advantage of their free shipping whenever yeah. I can. 
you know, because they are a, a, a nation away, essentially, they got to pay. Well, well that's an interesting aspect because, you know, right since COVID hit, it's like anything over 35 bucks, you get free shipping on. So yeah. I wonder if they're just going to keep that up. I don't know. Be interesting. They've set a precedent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Online sales went through the roof for sure. Yeah. Oh, I oh, imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because so, I used I used to save up all my stuff till I had the, you know, free shipping and then I would, you know, order a whole bunch yeah. of stuff. But that was oh. like maybe once a quarter or something like that. But now it's like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll order that. And then it's like I'm not quite at thirty five bucks, so you always gotta add in something to get you over that thirty five dollar mm-hmm. threshold. So <laughs> pack a yeah. gum to, to get well, you the discount. Oh, it's a bunch. Of, I you don't know how many kitchen gadgets I have from New Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it into the free shipping. No, exactly. I got my wife the uh, the herb stripper as one of the uh, one of the items for Christmas for her stocking. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Little did she know, it was just to save shipping. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil, who has influenced you the most? Uh, yeah, again, definitely my dad. Uh, he's always been there for either, whether it's lending me a tool or give me some advice. He's been there to, uh, help me along the way. Uh, as far as woodworkers out there, um, Mike Pekovich, uh, for chair building, Pete Galbert, absolutely. Uh, Curtis Buchanan, Greg Pennington, all very influential for, for someone who doesn't have any education or any haven't taken any courses in chair making uh been very very beneficial and very influential for sure yeah very cool you're gonna come down to the have you set aside labor day weekend for handworks for next year you can come down and meet a handful of these people you guys got my got my wheels turning for sure i'm thinking about it because pete's usually there greg's usually there yeah yeah that's that would be very cool i don't know if your dad's gonna be there (laughs) <laughs> he might maybe we'll make might. a trip father son trip <laughs> so uh what has been your biggest stumbling block um getting into woodworking probably money i guess um setting up a shop can be pretty daunting mm-hmm. um that's why i started out with with hand tools in the beginning it was pretty inexpensive to pick up a, a handsaw and a couple chisels and uh go from there but yeah, I guess along the way, just kind of if you want to set up a decent shop, it, it's going to cost you some money, and that's why I've I've rebuilt some some tools, and I've I, I everything I have for machines is used, um, and I've got them at a decent price because I've rebuilt them. Um, yeah, yeah that, I would say that's that now a good it's more skill of a time to have is rebuilding tools because once you've done it, you know all the ins and outs of that tool. Oh so it's, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're tuned right in. I've spent the time to yeah. tune them into. I know that they're perfectly flat or running true and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, or if they yeah, get out of flat, that. you know how to put them back exactly, into flat. Exactly. Yeah, if it's yeah. not acting right, you can fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I know the debate between you know tool restorer or tool user, but I mean absolutely. I mean I started the same way, hand tools. I'm in a small basement. Like you know, get my old planes wherever I could find them, eBay and yep. otherwise, and yeah, and just and I've torn apart you know, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, what are they called? The drills. <laughs> so bad. Um, egg beaters? The egg beaters not egg or... beaters, the other style. The, um, the, Oh, the braces, the brace. Yeah. yeah brace. Yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. I've totally stripped apart a brace to, to mm-hmm. make sure everything was working right. And the jaws were right. And, and, 
and uh, you know, you, yeah, you absolutely learn a lot about it. You know how to use it, you know how to fix it. Um, you know, when to identify a, a bad part, I got a number six plane that I didn't realize had a crack in the sole, not in the sole, but in the wall, I guess the, the, the side coming up from the sole yeah. mm-hmm. on the one side. And yeah, I mean, it, it flattened just fine and it's stable enough for when I use it, you know, I'm not, this isn't the finishing pass, so it's fine. But yeah, there's a, that's, that's a very, very, uh, very, very useful thing. And yeah, I totally I'm from the same boat, man. Money, money was a thing. I mean, I looked at the prices of the Lee Valley and the Nielsen's, you know, and like, whoo, as a learning and learning the steps and and getting into it. And you go, boy, oh boy, that's, that's a whole lot. But, oh, there's this vintage thing that may not be perfect, but hopefully it'll get me there. I understand now after you put your pan, your hands on the new things, you know, and they work right out of the box, you go, Oh, you know, save up money and spend a few hundred dollars to get that nice plane, you know, but yeah, in the beginning, for sure, it's, it's a stumbling block. I, yeah. And I still only have one new plane and that's my Lee Nielsen 102. All my other planes are, okay. everything else is something I've restored. Just, I enjoy doing it, but also a cost thing as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've got everything from old Stanley. I've got a Lee Valley tongue and groove. I've got a. Wood River number four, you know, a, a Woodcraft DLEO, you know, it's, it's everything in between, you know, yeah, uh, you know, the bog spoke shave I've got, you know, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag as needed and when affordable. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, that's exactly it. Spouse approved. That too. Absolutely. (laughs) Right now, like it went a couple of years that I actually got family to give like Christmas presents as Lee Nielsen gift cards. So I've got like 50 to a hundred dollars sitting in a cupboard somewhere to spend it late. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to get like the, the like little, uh, you know, small block, you know, brass block plane or, or bronze block plane. Um, yeah, that, that's, is that the one Oh two? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Apron plane. That, that, or the yeah, that's what I have. I, I, I thought that was a one Oh two, but I, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's a handy little plane for sure. Yeah. Do I need that or do I need an ad or not the ads, but, but the, uh, the fro I was going to get that. They do fro. make it a fine fro. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I made the mistake of buying the, uh, Lee Valley fro. Do not Uh-oh. make the mistake. The Lee Nielsen <laughs> Pro is definitely the uh, the better option there. I thought we were that sponsored would... by Lee Valley. We're not. Not so much. We're not big anymore. fans of Lee That's Valley, sure. but not everything they make is, you know, uh, top notch. Let's put I it that a, way. A lot of uh, 99% of what they make is top notch. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well made, but a lot of it is overthought. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there you go. Their, their fro is is fine, but it's it, it you have to take that thing to the grinder. It's not, uh, and oh, okay. you should never have to sharpen a fro, but you do have to sharpen the the um, Lee Valley one. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing. I mean, you know, I got it, and I'm sitting there going, you know, when I was in class, you just banged on it and it split the wood. I'm just banging on it and it's doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well you know tools don't come sharp so i guess you uh that yeah, includes pros, yeah. which are not supposed to be that sharp <laughs> well i soon learned you know if you go out there and you watch people splitting and if they're like uh splitting with newer froze they're all using the lee nielsen one yeah 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 so 
Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> that, that's Griping. the pro talk. Pro gripes. Edit that out. Yeah, pro talk. So, <laughs> so what? What or how has the internet influenced your work? Oh, it's endless free education for me. Uh, like I said before, getting out to a course and uh, or going down to a show, it's cost time and money, and uh, can basically. The internet doesn't replace any of those things, but uh, it's a nice bridge for someone like me who's um, learning, starting, starting out, learning, and uh, all kinds of inspiration. You can find it everywhere on there, and just a click of a button. So it's it's definitely made my woodworking more attainable, I guess, kind of where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the resources are there. You just got to spend the time seeking out, for the most part, I find. Right. right. Did you so have a... Did you have a place that you found yourself going to over and over again, a, a particular pr- content provider or Instagram? I'll probably be like, I use, so. I, get, I get a lot from looking at pictures, I guess I can mm-hmm. yeah, you go. help, helps me reverse engineer stuff. Uh, kind of see what I, Oh, that looks cool. I'll incorporate that. I wonder how they did that and, and uh, play around with designs a little bit, but yeah, I would say Instagram is probably, yeah. Most and YouTube, obviously, YouTube is you can learn everything on YouTube, and uh, <laughs> someone's made and like people like Curtis Buchanan. If you want to make chairs, there yeah. he has so many videos on YouTube, and uh, <laughs> they are all gold. Like they're all they are they are so much in every one. So I just it's went amazing down that, that that is out there for free. It is I, just, uh-huh. I yeah. agree. I mean, even it, his it, Instagram account has content with balancing rocker blades yeah. that wasn't on his youtube and i found myself watching those clips mm-hmm. over and over again for sure mm-hmm. yeah i was i was impressed because i thought i i um you know using some of my jigs um i went well i can cut rocker slots using a dado blade on the table saw da, 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 da. and i came up with this technique to do it and i thought wow this is really great and then curtis not a week later posted about how he cuts rocker slots but he's using you know like um uh you know traditional hand tools but it was the same exact concept i went yeah okay i'm on to something mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe i you know just no he's on to something i just happened to stumble on it from a uh you know a more hybrid approach i guess but anyway it's nice to have the validation <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i definitely found myself going to your page quite often kyle when i was oh well i appreciate that you blazed the trail absolutely for for hitting stumbling blocks and and figuring things out. Uh, so yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh well, I have a question to ask you. I probably should have asked it in another show, but uh, in our main interview show. But the scallop sections uh, on the um, on the um, crest rail that go yes. into the tenons. I yep. noticed you had a very defined edge. How did you? What did you use to make that very defined edge? Yeah, pencil line that I okay creeped up on. Basically, it was I used um, patience. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. no, but it, it looked, looked like it. Look, it looked like it was a little bit um, recessed. Like there was a little um, um, what I want to, yeah, a little ridge that was like below uh, where the um, half Card circle scraper probably was what what okay was the the finishing tool that kind of creeped up on it and probably made that that little ridge that you're talking about okay um, okay so i used i did use um 
draw knife and then I used the travishers a little bit, the, the, mm-hmm. the tighter radius travisher and mm-hmm. then yeah, I believe it was card scraper, just a lot of card scraping for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've done too. But yeah, it just looked like yours was pronounced like you might have actually taken a gouge and gouged that around. But oh, I did do that on the first one. I didn't oh. do it on the second one, but okay. I guess I got the same result. But yeah, I have uh, my little file carving tools have, uh, I, uh, I think it was like a five sweep or something like that. Um, mm. I use that along there as well for one of them, but I, yeah, I guess I didn't use, I was, it was, it was an experiment. The whole thing was an experiment, but, uh, ended up getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah. Mine's mine came out, I think decent, but, uh, yeah, they look good. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was an experiment. Cause yeah, there's <laughs> nobody's put a YouTube video on how to do that yet. And the other learned. chair that I have that's similar to that, like the Velda chair, it's more of a smooth transition. It's not that, you know, kind of half moon scalloped into it. So, yeah. yeah. But it, it's the, the concept of coarse, medium, fine still exists, right? For all of that work, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get, you get close with rough, you get closer with something in the middle and you then find it out. You don't want to card scrape down the whole way. No, that would take a long time. That would take a long time. But, yeah. but you you've got you've got tools at your disposal to to get you there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It it was just a frustrating process. I'm like, okay, how should I do this? So I mean, I attacked it with everything from rafts <laughs> to, you know, all kinds of stuff. But you know, I, I got decent results, but it was like there's gotta be an easier way to do it. And then when I saw Neil's out, I go, that looks like he actually used a gouge to do that. Man, I should have probably used a gouge. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it yeah. means you, you, you've got to have all those tools at your disposal. So there's mm-hmm. many ways of doing it. You know, you may not have a gouge. So what can you do in the meantime? You could yep. cr- cross cut and chop Spray and it. then scrape, you know, like there's all sorts of ways of doing it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Neil, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at, at Browns Woodcraft. Okay. And Mark, what about yourself? I am at Plate11.com. I am at Mark Builds It on Instagram and Plate11Woodworking on YouTube. Kyle, have you put a new video up on your YouTube channel yet? I'm just about to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixing to, as they oh, say boy. here in Texas. As they say. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you can find me at my YouTube channel. Just search Kyle Barton. Or you can always find me on my latest updates on Instagram at barton.kyle. So, Sean, what about yourself? I am Sean W 78 most everywhere you can find me. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.